Isn't it so nice to feel the presence of God in this place? Amen? I was praying last night, and I was saying, God, just fill this sanctuary with your presence. My prayer was when you would walk into this place that you would just feel the overwhelming sense that God is here and that God is for you and God is with you. And I hope that you feel that this morning because He is here. He's with you. Amen? It's so good to give God worship. It's so good to give God praise. And we do that through singing. We do that through clapping. We do that through lifting our hands. But we also do that through our giving. Amen? Anybody excited to give to Jesus? Come on now, get excited to give to Jesus. Let me give you a scripture this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. It says, you shall give to him freely without begrudging it. Because of this, the Lord will bless you in all of your work and all you undertake. Does anybody need a blessing from God? Anybody need a blessing in your work? You need a blessing in your home? You need a blessing in your family? We need blessings from God. And so let me encourage you to bless God. If you want a blessing from Him, then bless Him with your worship. Bless Him with your giving. Bless Him with a tithe. That's what He's simply asking of us. He's asking us to, to give a, a portion back to Him, a, a 10% portion. And then an offering. Give to Him and watch what He'll do that. He'll, he will take that and He will bless that. He'll multiply that in your life. He'll bless you back. Amen? Ushers, why don't you come forward this morning? God, we are thankful we're thankful that we have a now another opportunity to worship you, another opportunity to bless your name by giving to you. God, I pray that you would take the, these gifts, that you would take these offerings, these tithes, God, and that you would multiply them for your use, God. And I pray that you would bless the giver today. Bless those who tithe, O oh God. Lord, bless this act of worship as we commit it all to you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead, ushers. A few announcements that I want to bring to your attention is um, right after this service, we are having a first impressions meeting in the friendship room. So if you are part of the first impressions, you're a greeter, you're an usher, you're a, a floater in the foyer there, you're any part of the first impressions, I want you to, uh, as soon as the service is over, just meet in the friendship room and uh, there'll be a brief meeting, um, probably no more than a couple of hours. I'm just kidding. Just, a, just a, a brief meeting uh, just to touch base on a few items there. And I want to bring your attention that in a couple, actually a couple of days, starting next Monday actually, we will be having our second annual fireworks stand. Fireworks stand, I'm excited about this. We're going to be selling fireworks from July 1st until the 4th. And we are going to be on uh, Valley View between La Palma and Crescent right there, the church there, and all of the proceeds are going to go to the music ministry and to the youth ministry, so come buy your fireworks there, and if you want to come and just hang out with us, it'll be a lot of fun, we'll, we'll put you to work and just hang out together, amen? It'll be awesome. All right, have you guys enjoyed the Games People Play series? I hope that you've enjoyed it, I hope that you've had fun with it, it has been a lot of fun. Well, we are going to continue this morning with Games People Play. My favorite game is football. My favorite game is Candyland. My favorite game is basketball. Games people play. Night or day, they're just not matching. What 
Family Feud. Anybody watch Family Feud? Okay. They've had some different hosts over the years, but I think I'm the better looking one. Amen? Okay, good. A few people. Sonny better amen to that one. Um, But today we're going to play the Family Feud. And we've got a great battle, a great feud in store. We've got the Hatfields versus the McCoys. Anybody watch that on, on History Channel a couple months ago or whatever? We got a classic battle. And so since we're part of the LPCC family, we're going to we're gonna put you on the Hatfields or we're going to put you on the McCoy team. But this way, we're not going, no gunfighting, no name calling. We're going to play nicely at the family feud, okay? So we, none other than our Dusty Rhodes is going to help us get the teams. Give it up for Dusty, everybody. Thank you. Pastor Dave, how are you tonight? I'm good. Good, good. Looking good. And our first contestant is Abby Hatfield Zarcoza. Abby, where's Abby? Abby Hatfield. Abby, you're up here. Come on down. And joining her is Lena Hatfield Martinez. And their final family member is Bill Hatfield-Smith. We have Bill Hatfield-Smith. There's Bill Hatfield-Smith. Come on, Bill. Bill Hatfield-Smith, everybody! Well, we, no feud is without a battle, so we need another competitor. So let's see who's on the McCoy. Dusty? And on the McCoys, we have Joy, Joe McCoy Johnson. And joining Joe is Nikozi McCoy Kalu. Nikozi. Do we have Mayor Posey? Well, I've got I've, I've got backups if we don't. Have... Also joining Joe is Satorius McCoy Johnson. Oh, come on down! We've got a classic battle here, the Hatfields versus the McCoys. And here's how it's going to go down. I'm going to give you one question. In just a minute, I'm going to have one McCoy and one Hatfield. You're going to come up, and you're going to give me the answer to this. And the highest point value, you will get to either play it or pass it along to the next team. And the way that you're going to do that is the first person, when I call you, blows a bubble, gives me the right answer. You'll get either play or pass. Okay? Do everybody understand? Let's have Joe come on up. You play... You grab the bubbles, and Lena, come on up, Lena. All right, I'm going to give you a question. And the first one to blow a bubble with the highest point value will get either play or pass. Are you ready? Don't be cheating now. Oh, man, goodness great. They're cheating, aren't they? Put those back in there. Put those back in there. There you go. Put those back in there. Here we go. Here's, at some point in some time, some people were surveyed. And these were the top six answers. Besides a potato chip, name something you just can't eat one of. 
Bubble, bubble, bubble. Okay, give me, give me one answer. Goldfish. Goldfish? Okay, goldfish is definitely not up there. Candy. Is candy up a survey says? Okay. Hatfields, you chose goldfish. Uh, yeah, have a seat there. <laughs> Just stay right there. McCoys, here we go. You have to get every answer correct. If you get three wrong, the Hatfields have a chance to steal. Okay? All right, take your place there, Joe. Here we go. Mariposi. Besides a potato chip, name something you just can't eat one of. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Do we see peanut butter? Okay, all right. There's no peanut butter, no peanut butter, but that's all right. Besides potato chips, name something you just can't eat one of. French fries. French fries. Do we see French fries up? Oh, there it is, French fries. All right. Besides potato chips, name something you just can't eat one of. Peanuts. Peanuts. Do we see peanuts? Peanuts. All right. Only three left. Besides a potato chip, name something you just can't eat one of. Um, cheese? Broccoli? Broccoli cheese. Broccoli cheese. We see broccoli cheese? No broccoli cheese. All right, good answer, good answer. All right. Besides potato chips, name something you just can't eat one of. Cookies. Cookies. Do we see cookies up there? Uh-oh, number one answer, cookies. All right, they're still in it here. Besides potato chips, name something you can't eat one of. Popcorn. Popcorn. Do we see popcorn? Popcorn. All right. One answer left. If you get this wrong, the Hatfields have a chance to steal. Besides potato chips, name one thing you just can't eat one of. Ice cream. There's ice cream up there. Oh, no ice cream. All right. Hatfields, you get a chance to steal. Besides potato chips, name one thing you just can't eat up. I'll give you a, a few seconds to talk about it. Besides potato chips, name something you just can't eat one of. All right, here we go. Pretzels. Pretzels. Do we see pretzels? Well, Hatfields, congratulations. You stole it from the McCoys, but McCoys, never fear. You don't leave empty-handed. Dusty, tell them what they've won. Uh, for our second place family today, don't cry over spilled milk, but if you do, a box of Kleenex. Give it up for the McCoys as they get their box of Kleenex. All right. Just as in the real game of Family Feud, you have an opportunity to win $20,000. But since I'm not made of money, you don't have that opportunity here. You have an opportunity to win 20,000 pieces of rice and a Walmart gift card. Dusty, tell us all about it. What we have here is the San Francisco treat, rice -a Now, you can practice your salvation message with this because... This is not Uncle Ben's converted rice. This is rice-a-roni. 
All right, all you have to do is give me the number one answer to this question. Give me the number one city known for its pizza. The number one city known for its pizza. I'll give you 20 seconds. Number one city known for its pizza. You're playing for 20,000 pieces of rice and a Walmart gift card. Give me the number one city. All right, have we got an answer? Number one, number one city known for its pizza. Here we go. Chicago? Is the answer Chicago? <laughs> oh, what was the answer? New York City. Well, just because we like you guys, we're going to give you some rice, 20,000 pieces of rice, and a Walmart gift card. Give it up for the Hatfields, everybody. Can we give it up for our wonderful announcer, Dusty Rhodes? But before I go, I got one piece of trivia. Did you re actually realize that the game Family Feud was based upon and inspired by the Hatfield McCoys? The conflict is believed to have been the primary inspiration for the popular game show Family Feud, which premiered in 1976. In 1979, members of both families appeared on the show during a special Hatfield McCoys theme week to battle it out for the, unusual, the usual cash awards with one unique twist. Also included in the prize package was a pig, symbolizing the actual original reason for the feud. It was rumored theft of a valuable pig by a Hatfield ancestor that had served as a catalyst for the eruptions of hostilities more than 100 years earlier. The Hatfields won the contest. Oh, a little interesting trivia that Family Feud was actually because of the Hatfields and McCoys. Very cool. Thank you, Dusty Rhodes, an amazing announcer. Amen. All right, it's okay to have a little fun in church, right? Okay, I hope so. Hey, um, if, when you came in, you should have gotten a, uh, a fill-in-the-blank thing. I, I tend to not do this, but I did it this morning just for kicks. Uh, so you can follow along. You can fill in the blanks, and, um, and it will be a good reminder of some of the things that we're going to talk about this morning. We're talking about family. It's important uh, to, to have family. It's in, family is important. Family is critical. And so we need to discuss it. And before we do that, I want to test your family knowledge and see how knowledgeable you are. Let's put up that first family. If you can tell me who this is. It's the Cosbys. Very easy. How about the next one? Brady Bunch. Flintstones. Everybody loves Raymond. What's their name? Barone. And the last one. Leave it to Beaver, the Cleavers. I didn't know that one. I had to really guess on that one because that was before my time. But um, let me ask you a few questions. How many of you guys love your family? I hope so. I hope everybody's hands lifted. How many of you guys that are married, you would be lost without your spouse? I would be lost without my spouse. I could not find anything without Sonny. I, I, can, I can go into a closet and look for something for half an hour and not find it. Sonny can go to the same closet, and in 25 seconds, she can pull it out, and it's right there. I'm lost without her. How many of you guys would go hungry if you didn't have your spouse cooking for you? Some of us would go hungry. 
Let me ask you this, and I'll be shocked if anybody raises their hands, but how many have ever had a feud with your family? Of course. We've had feuds with our family. But listen, family is everything. It's important. It's so important, it's one of the first establishments of God. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to check out Genesis chapter 2. Go with me. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Um, it says this, The Lord God said, It's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that's what its name was. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Holy God, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray, God, as we dive into the family, Lord, that you would give us insight, that you would give us wisdom, God. I pray that every heart and every ear would be open to hear your words today. God, I ask for your anointing as I preach your gospel, Father. May it fall on us, Lord Jesus, and may we apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Some will see this as the first marriage, and rightfully so, but I see this as the first establishment of family. This is the establishment of family, and this is showing us the importance of having family. It's important that we have a suitable helper. It's important that we have family members that help us. It shows us that we are not designed to go through life as the Lone Ranger. We're not designed to go through life by ourselves. It shows us that there is strength in numbers. It shows us that Adam wouldn't do very well without Eve. I'm not just talking about marriage here. I'm talking about family. When you look across the aisle and you look behind you and look in front of you, those are family members, and we need each other. We need each other. There's strength in us. And so I want to, take, I want to talk about three different aspects of the family. And you're going to see this slide, and you're going to hear me say it this morning. It says this, the family should not feud. Say this with me. The family should not feud. Okay, wake up. Punch your neighbor. The family should not feud. It's important that we understand this because the family should not feud because the family is critical. The family is critical. Um, I found this quote, and I can relate to some of it. You can probably relate to some of it. It says this. Family is most likely, most like fudge, mostly sweet with a few nuts. Can anybody relate to that? You got a mostly sweet family, but you got a few nuts there, right? Family can, I'll tell you, family can drive you crazy. It can make your hair turn gray. It can make it fall out completely. Family can get messy at times. But listen, family can be there through the most difficult time of your life. Family is important. Family is critical. And can anybody relate to that? You had a difficult time and your family was there to support you. Your family was there to encourage you. And because it's so critical, I want to break down family just a little bit. And there's three families I want to talk about. The first family is the most important family, and that is the family of God. It's the family of God. 
It's the most important family for you to be a part of. This is where you have left the wide road and you've jumped on the narrow road. This is where you have stepped from death into life. This is where you have freed yourself from the penalty of hell that we all deserve. This is where you reject the world in its ways and you say, okay, God, I'm on your team. I'm, on your fam- I'm in your family. This is where you have a hope and a future with Christ Jesus. This is where you have salvation. This is the family of God, the most important family for you to be a part of. And the really cool thing about it is when you enter into this family, you instantly have a father that is perfect. You have a father that makes no mistakes. Do I have any dads out there that you make mistakes? Of course. I make mistakes with my daughter. I can remember a few years ago, and Reagan came into our bedroom, and Sonny and I were in there, and, and I was just playing with her. And she, uh, I said, Reagan, your feet stink. I was just playing with her. Your feet stink. Do you know I crushed her? <laughs> I crushed my little girl because I told her her feet stink. She left the room, and she was crying. And, and I thought, what did I do? I was just teasing with her. But I, that was a big mistake. I hurt her feelings because I, apparently I should not say her feet stink. So I never do that again. They could be the raunchiest things ever, but man, they smell awesome. I'm not going to make that mistake again. But when you join God's family, you have a perfect father. And it's relatively easy to join God's family. And it's open for everybody. All we have to do is we have to follow what the scripture says. We have to follow the Bible. In Romans 10, 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will join God's family. Skip down to verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will join the family of God. It's important. This is the most important family. See, we're created and we have this this hole in our heart. We have this hole in our lives that only God is supposed to fill. But we try to fill that hole with other things. Maybe we try to fill it with activities. We try to fill it with, with addictions. We try to fill it with money. We try to fill it with all of these different things. But God is the only, the only real thing that can fill that, that space. And we try other things, but it doesn't work. Just like the animals, they were not suitable helpers for Adam. None of these things are going to be suitable helpers for you and for me. It's only Jesus. It's only God. He is the one that can fill that spot that critical spot. That's why the family of God is so very important. The second family I want to tell you about is the church family, the La Palma Christian Center family. That's you and that's me. You look around, it's so, it's so cool um, that God has placed us all together. And what a great family to be a part of. Do you know that you're sitting there because God wants you there, that you've got a role, you've got a responsibility, you've got something to be a part, something to do in this family, in this church family. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says, The body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. You look around, and there's many different people here, but we form one La Palma Christian Center body. One body. Verse 18, it says, But in fact, God has arranged all the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He's wanted them to be. He's wanted you here. He's, he's orchestrated things in your life that you are here, part of this body, and it's important. You are important to this body. God has, has brought us all together, and, and we are a diverse group. We're div- diverse in our ages. We've got newborns, and we've got Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill, are you 91, 92, 91 years old? We've got birth to 91. We've got Nigerian families to Indian families. We've got country boys to city slickers. 
all here. God has put us all together. He's placed us here for this reason, that we're supposed to be here. This family is critical. And being a part of the church family is important because what happens is bonds are formed. Are you, are you bonded with any of your life group members? That's the point. You're supposed to be bonded. You're supposed to be doing life together. We're here to, so that we can be accountable to one another. If somebody's not doing ministry, you're not showing up, and so we can say, hey, are you okay? What's going on? We're accountable with one another. That's why God has placed us here. Ministries are being done in this church because of family members like you, and they are being done effectively because of you. It takes us all. It takes us all in this body. Being a part of the family of, of this church is critical. The third family I want to talk about is our personal family. Your personal family is, is critical. I would be lost and confused without my family of Sonny and Reagan. I told you I wouldn't even be able to find my shoes. I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, Sonny puts me on the right path. She helps me. She's there to support me. She's there to encourage me. I'm there for that, there for, to support her and to encourage her. We're family. And I have, to, I have to make sure that I make her my priority, that I make my personal family priority. Because under my relationship with God, your family should be second. God and then your family. But we get it messed up. We get it messed up. And what happens is we end up taking our personal family for granted. And that's not what we should do. We should give them priority. My time and my energy should be spent with my family. My compassion and all that I have should be spent into my family. That I should make them the top priority. And when I'm talking about personal family here, let me just say this. That husbands, your wives should be the top priority within your family. Above your children, above your parents, above your job. You need to be putting your wife and wives, you need to be putting your husbands above your children, above your parents, above your career. That's the way that God has established it. We see that in Scripture. And family members, we shouldn't be taking advantage of one another. We shouldn't be taking each other for granted. And here's the way that we avoid that is we follow Scripture. If we follow Scripture, then we'll, we'll be in tune with one another. And we'll be able to give each other the priority. For you men out there, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. As a father, it says in Ephesians 6, 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instructions of the Lord. We should be men. We should be following these examples so that we're not taking our, our wives and our children for granted. Ladies, it says in Ephesians 5, 22, Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show su your support for Christ. As a mother, train up your child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Ladies, there's some scriptures there that, that help us that, so that we will not stay, that we won't get off path. So that we won't take our family members for granted. Children, youth, listen to this one. You're going to love it. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Children, youth, students, everybody, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. If we follow these examples that are set for us in Scripture, then we won't take our family for granted. We'll honor them. We'll make them priority, and that's what we need to be doing. Family is critical. The family should not feud. Say that with me. The family should not feud, but the feud is real. Family should not feud, but the feud is real. 
One of the enemy's goals is to destroy the family unit. He wants to destroy your personal family. He wants to destroy this church family. He wants to destroy the family of God. He has such a desire to destroy what is established by God that he will use everything and anything to destroy your family. At the beginning of the scripture we read, he, he will use a, he used a serpent, he used some fruit to destroy the first establishment of, of family. He will use whatever he can in your life, in your family, and in this church to destroy us. That's his goal. The feud is real. And let me tell you, the goal of every feud that the enemy causes is this. It's disunity. He does not want us to be a unified family. He wants us to be in discord. He doesn't want your marriage to be unified. He doesn't want your children and your family to be unified. He doesn't want the Palma Christian Center to be unified. He doesn't want the family of God to be unified because he understands this. There is power in unity. Amen? There's power in unity. In Matthew 18 and 19, it says this. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. There's power in unity. That's why we have a couple of people lay hands on each other and, and pray for one another. There's power in unity. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three is not easily broken. There is such power in unity. And the enemy understands that, and so he wants to destroy it. In your personal family, in our church family, in the family of God. How many of you have ever fought with your wife or your husband over something that's ridiculous? Anybody? Okay. Let me tell you, I asked Sonny this the other night, and I said, what, what's one thing that we argued about that was just so crazy? And, and I didn't remember, and she told me, wrapping paper. Anybody ever argue about wrapping paper? Okay, well, good. So when we were first married, I wanted to wrap our presents, our Christmas presents, in comic strip paper. Okay, cheap, easy, but she wanted to wrap our presents, our Christmas presents, in the nice Christmas wrap. No, no. And so we were arguing about this. To me, it, you know, I wanted to save a few dollars, and we read the paper. Well, we didn't read the paper, but we got the paper somehow. But we had this battle. We had this feud over wrapping paper. Crazy. What the enemy was trying to do is to destroy our unity, our family unity. You think back of some of the silly arguments that, that you've had maybe with your spouse or your family members. The enemy's trying to destroy unity. He's trying to destroy unity within the church here. Have you ever had a battle with somebody else in this church? Don't raise your hands. Have you ever had a battle with some leadership in this church? Again, don't raise your hands. Or ministry leaders? We've had battles within the church because the enemy doesn't want us to be a unified body. And so he will bring discord into this church family. And so we've got to be on guard. We've got to make sure that, that we're not allowing that to happen because he will do whatever he wants and anything that he can so that we are not a unified body. He will have family versus family over crazy things. He'll have the, the church 
split over colors of carpet and pews and whatnot. He will, he will bring in all this disunity because he doesn't want to see us unified. He doesn't want to see a church unified because there's power when we're unified. There's power. You know, the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, there was an actual, you know, real battle, real feud, as, as Gary to, Dusty, sorry, told us earlier. Um, but that went on for generation after generation. And it got to the point where they didn't even know what they were fighting about. They just knew that the McCoys did not like the Hatfields, and so they fought. It caused chaos in the towns. It had a lasting effect on the, on the families. Let me tell you this. If we allow disunity within this church, it could have a lasting effect on this church. And it can have a lasting effect in the community. So we've got to bind together, and we've got to make sure that we're not allowing any discord in this church body. Are you with me this morning? We've got to make sure, because listen, uh, it's good and pleasant when there's unity. Psalms 133.1 says this, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. That's what God wants. He wants us to be unified. And the enemy will try to discord. He will try to uh, break us up. And he'll try to do that within the family of God, the general, the big family of God. Since when should a Bible-believing church be against another Bible-believing church? Why do we have Assembly of God churches versus the Baptist? Why do we have Church of God versus the Methodist? I'm telling you what, if we believe in the Bible, if we believe in one true God, if we believe in Jesus Christ as the way to get to God, then why are we fighting? Why, do we, why is there a feud? I'll tell you there's a feud because the enemy doesn't want the family of God to be unified. So he's going to throw discord. He's going to have the Baptist versus the Assemblies of God and so on and so forth. We got to, we've got to remember the enemy's goal is to destroy us. And let me tell you, the families are all linked together. This is what I call the family link. If there is chaos and disunity within my family, within, within me and Sonny and Reagan, what's going to happen is I'm going to bring that to the church because I haven't fixed it here. And so I'm going to bring that to the church. And I might be able to hide it for a little while, but in time it's going to show through. And it's going to affect the church body. And then it's going to affect the family of God. So we've got to make sure that, that in our personal families that we're not in this battle, that we're not feuding, because it will, it will have a lasting effect. Remember that the enemy's goal is to destroy the unity of the family, all the families. And he'll do whatever he can. The feud is real, but listen to this. There is a real fix. There is a real resolve. The family should not feud, and so we need a fix. And let me tell you this morning that the fix is Jesus Christ. He is the fix to our feud. Because there is real battles and there is real feuds, we've got to have a real solution. And we've got to stop clinging to other things, and we've got to cling to the real solution of Jesus Christ. The problem is, is that we don't invite Jesus into our battle. We don't invite Jesus into our feud. If I would have stopped and was thinking about when Sonny and I were arguing about wrapping paper, I never stopped to say, hey, Jesus, why don't you be a part of this argument? Why don't you be a part of this feud? We don't stop to do that. But let me encourage you, in the middle of your battle, invite Jesus. In the middle of your feud, invite Jesus and just see what happens. Jesus fixes things. He is the fix to, to the feud. You know, uh, a few days ago, I happened to be walking here in the church and and I stopped in the chapel, and I saw that there was about to be a feud go on. And, uh, and so I, I thought to myself, wow, there's a feud almost happening. I better grab my camera. And so I videoed this, and I wanted to show you this this morning. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Hey bro, broski dude. What's up, man? How's it? I see you have some chips there. I'll just take a couple. I'll, I'll just grab a few of those, man. Seriously, I'm training for a triathlon. I need my nutrients. Give me some chips. They're family size. Let's be a family, okay? It's party size right there. Party, me and you. Give me a chip. Seriously? Give me a chip. Put it on the table. Give me a chip right now. Give me a chip. I just happened to grab my camera just at the right time to see this feud happen here. God's timing is so perfect. Listen, a feud went on there and Jesus was not invited. Jesus was not invited to the feud. And so as a result, there are chips on the floor and whatever the names were with the hair, you know, on the ground. And it was, it was a big ordeal because Jesus was not invited to the feud. But let me tell you, if you invite Jesus to the few, there's going to be a different outcome. So I saw this scene, and, and so I went in, and I started, I'm like, listen, you guys need Jesus to the feud. And, and so I started preaching to them, and, and, uh, and so they accepted the word. Mm, they accepted the word. It was so good. And, uh, and a few hours later, I happened to see them in the chapel again, and they were eating chips again. Can you believe that? And so I thought, man, I better get, grab my camera and just see what God can do in the, in the middle of the feud. Let's see. Hey, bro. Broski, dude. I see you got some nice chips there. I just want to cut. I just want to like, dude, I just need some chips. No. I am training for triathlon and I want some. No, they're not. They're family side. Party side. Party and have some chips. Yeah, me and you are partying no. and chips. Dude. Stop! We need Jesus. Thanks for, thanks for the chips, man. I really appreciate it. You really, that was really nice of you. That's, that's a good move. Good, thank you. You're lovely, dude. Thanks. You showed me the way. Do you see what happens when you add Jesus into the feud? Great things happen. Chips are shared because of Jesus. I know that that's an extreme example there, but listen, the reality is, is true that when you add Jesus, you invite him to the feud, it's going to change. It's going to change. We see division in our families, our personal family, in the church family, in the family of God for one reason. We simply don't invite Jesus into the feud. And let me tell you, let's invite him in. Let's invite him in. And sometimes we don't because we, we have this thing called pride and we have this thing called arrogance in our lives and we don't want to invite Jesus in because we don't, we don't want to be wrong. We, we think that we're okay, God, I don't need your help and I can figure it out myself. And, and so we don't, we don't invite Jesus into the feud. Can I just tell you that that's stupid? Invite Jesus in. He's the one that's going to fix it. Invite him into the feud. Some of us don't invite him in because we're fe we have fear. If we invite Jesus into our battle, we invite Jesus into the feud. What if he tells me that I'm the one that's wrong? Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the one that's wrong, so I better not invite him. Because sometimes we, we have fear that God will convict me, and so I better not. You know, it's just our human nature. We don't want to invite Jesus. We'll just figure it out ourselves. You know, um, Adam and Eve, they did that in the garden. They, they figured it out themselves, supposedly. They didn't invite Jesus.
Maybe some of us are just ignorant and we don't know how to invite Jesus. We just simply say, Jesus, come. I'm in the middle of a battle about wrapping paper. I need you. I'm in the middle of a battle about sharing chips. I need you. You know, Jesus doesn't care what your battle is, what your feud is. He wants to be there. He's a gentleman. He's never going to force himself in. But if you invite him, he's going to come every time. Every time. And let me tell you, he brings some incredible things with him. He brings incredible things with him. He brings revelation. Sometimes, just like the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, they fought for so long, they didn't even know what they were fighting about. Maybe some of the battles, some of the feuds that you're in, you've been fighting for so long within your family or within the church or within whatever that you don't even know what the feud is about anymore. But you bring in Jesus, you invite Jesus in, and he's going to simplify. He's going to say, okay, this is your problem. He's going to bring revelation. And I, we all need revelation. Amen? We need that. He's going to bring the steps. He's going to not only bring the revelation, but he's going to bring the steps that we need to be taking to fix the feud. Pastor Moses, if you can help me this morning. He's going to bring these steps. He'll bring them through prayer. Do you know if you simply ask God and you say, God, I need your help, he's going to be there. He's going to show himself. He uses prayer. He uses the word. Our word here, the Bible, is full of instruction that if we will go to it and we will look, he will help us through his word figure out how to, the steps, figure out the steps that we need to do in the feud. Let's say somebody does you wrong. You know, Matthew 18, 15 gives us instruction. It says, if your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. The Bible gives us instructions here. It gives us steps to do if somebody does us wrong. It gives us steps to do if somebody offends us and this and that. But the thing about it is we don't do that. We, don't, we ignore the steps. And we wonder why the few continues. We ignore the steps. One of the steps may be is God may put a person in your life. Maybe a pastor, maybe a counselor, maybe a mentor, maybe a, a life group member, maybe your facilitator. He's putting people in your life that will help you and guide you and help you with the steps. Are you rejecting that help? He wants to be, he wants to bring the steps to your life. He wants to bring the steps to your feud. So he brings revelation, he brings the steps, and he brings the fix. He brings the peace. That's what we need. We need the peace that passes all understanding. In the middle of the battle, in the middle of the feud, we don't know what's going on. God, I need you to be the peace. God, I need you. And he'll be right there. I don't understand God's peace sometimes. When I should be mad at so-and-so, or this should you know, just totally make me crazy, there's a peace that passes my understanding. Jesus is the fix. He's the fix to all of our feuds. I want you to bow your heads this morning. I want you to think about this. The family should not feud because the family is critical. Your personal family, it should be the top priority. Your LPCC family is important. And the family of God is crucial. Maybe you've never joined the family of God. 
Maybe you've never stepped over from life or from death into life. Maybe you've never left the wide road and joined on the narrow road. Now is an opportunity for you to do that. If you've never joined the family of God, or maybe you, you've, you've joined it, but you ran away from the family, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to rejoin the family of God or to join the family of God for the very first time. If that's you and you want to join the family of God, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand this morning. If you want to join the family of God and you've never joined or you want to rejoin this morning, I want you just to lift your hand. Okay, so we're all family members. We're all family of God members. Let me ask you this. Are you in a feud right now? Are you in a feud with your family? Are you in a feud with a church member? Are you in a feud with your boss? Are you you in a feud right now? Let Jesus be your fix. Let Jesus be your fix. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, if, if you're in a feud right now, I want you just to stand to your feet. If you're in a feud, I want you to stand to your feet. Maybe it's a boss, maybe it's family, maybe it's a church member. Whatever it is, stand to your feet if you're in a feud right now. church family, I want you to look at me. You see these people that are standing here, they're family members. And so let's be a family this morning. I want want a church body, I want you to go and I want you to find somebody that's standing and I want you to begin to pray over them right now. I want you to begin to pray that, that Jesus the peacemaker, Jesus the fix would be in their feud. Find a person that's standing and begin to pray over them. Let them hear you pray. This is what family does. We pray for one another. Father in heaven, we thank you, God, that you are the fix. God, that all of our feuds, Lord Jesus, every battle that we face, oh God, that you are the fix. And so we bring it to you today. God, you want to be invited into every battle, no matter how big, no matter how small, you want to be invited. And Jesus, when you come, you bring revelation, you bring the steps, you bring the peace. And so God, right now, I speak peace over every feud. I speak your presence, God, over every situation, God. I pray this morning, Father, that every family member here would feel your peace that passes all of our understanding. God, I pray that you would give revelation and give steps, Lord, that need to be taken this morning into every feud. God, we thank you that you have never left us, God, in the middle of our feud, in the middle of our battle, that you are right there with us. God, we praise you this morning. We bless you this morning. We thank you, God. 
Church, isn't it nice to have family members support you? Isn't it nice to have family members come alongside you and pray that God would be the peace, that God would be the fix in the middle of the feud? Isn't that nice? It's a good thing. I want to I tell you, every battle, every feud, invite him in. Invite him in. And he'll be right there. I don't want to forget, if you have your papers here, we're going to end the last little bit. It should be a three spots there at the end. I'll tell you what those blanks mean. It says this. Dave Lutz likes pizza. I just wanted you to, you put your first name, you put your last name, and then you put whatever you like there. I did that because what I do is uh, sometimes I fill these in and then I put them in my Bible and then I tune out. I didn't want you to tune out on me. So you fill in the blank, whatever your name is, like pizza, okay? Hey, I want to remind everybody tonight that you have life groups. Uh, so check with your facilitator, check with your host home, and uh, make sure that you get plugged in tonight. It's going to be a great, great evening. Amen? Father, we thank you for this great day. We ask that your presence go with us, God, as we go our separate ways. And we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you that you are the fix. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless everyone.